What do the first day of school, TV show pilots, and blind dates have in common? They are all awkward beginnings. Welcome to this very first episode. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are Teaching Tomorrow. So hi and welcome. It's so good to get this thing started. I am all for the awkwardness. I could probably crown myself the queen of awkward. I think this is probably why I am so happy teaching in a middle school classroom. If you're here, that tells me a few things. The first is that you're probably also okay with awkwardness. You might also be looking back and seeing the first episode after listening to a few. Or perhaps you are a devoted and loyal follower from our very beginning. So regardless, it's really nice to have you here. It feels a little bit like a cheat because I'm actually recording this episode after I have now recorded and edited the first 14 episodes of the show. So the version of Celeste that's speaking to you knows what you will eventually listen to. I realized pretty early into this project that I like the idea of using this first episode as like a preview of what's coming down the pipe and what you should keep listening for. Also, I really like the feeling of talking from the future to the past, but also from a time before now. You feeling the awkwardness yet? (laughs) No, but really the theme of embracing the awkward imperfections that are inherent in this teaching profession kept on showing up in many of the people that I was talking to. I didn't even prompt for it either. I just asked cool people questions about what they were into and organically they kept circling back to this idea. I love how one of my colleagues, Jody Rice, put it. She said, it's not necessary to be perfect in order to be good. Mm. Jody shows up on episode 12 and she shares with us her strategy for helping students process and track writing feedback in her senior English class. And while I know Jody was reflecting on what she hopes from her students, I think that many of us, or maybe it's just me, get into this teaching profession because we're really good students. We did school really well, and we like being the one who knows all the things. So for me, using this as a kind of mantra, it's not necessary to be perfect in order to be good. Just saying that over and over and over again, I think is a pretty effective way to move through the reality of teaching. When I spoke with Rosetta Lee, a diversity and equity trainer and teacher at the Seattle Girls School, she flipped this idea a little bit by saying, it's not about getting rid of discomfort, but managing it and knowing what to do when you make mistakes. You're gonna meet Rosetta in episode seven of the show. And while she was talking about being sensitive to that slippery notion of cultural competency, which for the record, I have some serious issues with that term, but you can listen to episode seven to hear more on that. I think just embracing the idea that imperfection is just a state of being and we can't really avoid it. We actually need to plan for imperfect in all its beauty and yes, awkwardness. So I wholeheartedly welcome you to this imperfect, beautiful, and clunky podcast, Teaching Tomorrow. I started the show for a few reasons. The first was pretty simple, Cohort 21. 
Now, if you've never heard of this, it's a year-long professional development experience for Ontario independent school teachers. I've been helping to facilitate it for a few years now with an incredible team of people. And I really love the idea of building a podcast to keep teachers engaged and inspired between the face-to-face sessions. We come together four times a year. And then between those sessions, people are engaging in blogging and posting on Twitter and going on Google Hangouts. And you might be listening to this and you're actually participating in Cohort 21 this year, or maybe you're a Cohort 21 alumni. And if this is you, hi, how's it going? (laughs) People sign up for Cohort 21. They state a dilemma in their registration process. And you might not realize this, but many of the upcoming episodes were recorded with these exact dilemmas in mind. For example, Laura Mustard shows up in episode 15, and she was interviewed to share ideas of new versus old ways of doing library. Dr. Kathleen Gallagher will make an appearance in episode 13, and she was invited to talk about how drama can bolster the social emotional growth of young people. And then Vanessa Van Cleef is our guest on episode 14, and she shares some exciting ways to deliver social studies content through experiences, games, and simulations. And then Justine Capel is featured on episode six. And in our discussion, she shares practical strategies for teachers finding moderation and navigating the middle path towards wellness amidst that busy, all-consuming school year. And perhaps these topics are ones that you are personally curious about. Perhaps you can recognize your own educational dilemmas. Or perhaps just hearing these upcoming episode teasers, you only now are realizing that, oh, that's actually a dilemma for me. Well, I see you, and we're going to dive deep together over the next several weeks. The other reason why I created this podcast was essentially to open a door into the kinds of conversations that happen in this Cohort 21 community to the larger educational world. My theory is that while people in Cohort 21 are unique to the challenges of teaching in Ontario and teaching in the independent school world, these conversations actually reflect what all teachers everywhere are struggling and grappling with. So while I am mining that Cohort 21 group for interesting topics and interviews, the show is for everyone who wants to geek out on teaching. One of the uh, many, many incredible people that you're going to meet pretty soon is Meg Goldner-Rabinowitz. She shows up on episode three, and Meg reminded me of the importance of claiming your identities as a teacher early on. I don't think I do this enough with my students, and in my conversation with Meg, it made me rethink my entire first unit in grade eight English. Now, we talked about this in a conversation on decentering whiteness in the English classroom and recognizing that there are no neutral identities and there is no reality where our various identities do not shape and inform everything we do was an important insight that Meg models in her own pedagogy. So inspired by Meg, I thought that as we were getting to know each other, it's relevant to share with you a little about who I am and what identities I carry with me. So to start, I'm a white, queer, cisgendered woman. I use she and her pronouns. I come from a lower socioeconomic background historically, but through sustaining quite a lot of student loan debt, I've moved myself into more of a middle-class life. My wife is raised Jewish, and although we are not raising our son with any specific religion, I did practice Christianity during my quote-unquote rebellious phase in university, and I was part of both a yoga and Buddhist community during an earlier part of my adulting. 
My family mostly comes from Europe, Scotland and Holland to be exact. I'm a first generation Canadian. My dad was born near Glasgow. I am able-bodied and 35 years awesome at the time of this taping. And while I'm not geeking out about teaching, I'm probably playing with my scrumptious golden retriever, chasing around my young child, going for a run and making something delicious to eat. My favorite food is cereal, my weakness is coffee, I'm left-handed, and my favorite movie probably involves Muppets. Whew, <laughs> it's funny. I, I think this is the first time that I've just publicly declared all of those things, especially the one about the Muppets, to be honest. And while I admit that it's a little weird to be this vulnerable this soon with you, I also kind of like how there doesn't need to be any guessing about who I am or what I might be about. I have some real privileges in this world. I know that as an educated white person with a strong body and good teeth, it's really easy to be taken seriously as an educator. But I'm not going to lie, I'm always a little afraid that by not having had piano lessons or an overnight summer camp experience as a child, I'm somehow less than my wealthier peers. Or I fear that by having a picture of my wife and my little boobaba up in my classroom, I might be at best tokenized or at worst scrutinized in my mostly hetero school community as a queer woman. And yet, it actually sometimes amazes me how much I feel at home teaching in an elite independent school. I didn't grow up with people with the kinds of resources that my students have access to. And so I feel this tremendous calling to help my students see how their power and privilege can create more social justice and equity in the world. I see the possibility of the show as a platform for sharing what is awesome about teaching. I see it as an easy way to integrate learning with our everyday lives of driving to work, walking the dog, buying the groceries, prepping the meals. I know better than anyone the challenges of not having enough time to get better at the things I love despite my best intentions. I hope that this show makes us better educators so that our students may realize their fullest potential. So if you're in, subscribe to the show, follow along in this journey. The school year, I will create 34 episodes pushed out roughly every two weeks. I can personally promise you that after the awkwardness of this first episode, the best is very much yet to come. Oh, and remember, we are teaching tomorrow. <laughs>